Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. Episode 77. In this episode, Andrew talked with about the Free Cities Draft Community Event. They talk about the rookies and which guild are winning the draft for their chosen players. I wake up early in the morning and I'm texting you. Uh, hey Robin, it's 7:30. Well, it's okay. I'm ready to fight crime. The dark night I'll be sleeping past two oh, Can we call it the one without Jason? We can. <laughs> and that was recorded. We keep that. Um, hello. Welcome to Singled Out, episode 77, the one without Jason. Um, I am Andrew, and today we have Sherwin. Hello, Sherwin. Hello. How are hello. you doing? How are you? How's things I'm going? Most reasonable. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too bad at all. I am slightly saddened that Jason isn't with us, um, because he's usually such a quiet and considerate member of Singled Out. Um, it's a real... I mean, possibly might not even notice he's not here. But um, we'll have, have to soldier on. For him. Uh, yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, even if we left, left a gap, like, the editing software would remove it, so <laughs> it doesn't make a difference either way. Oh, um, there we are. Okay, you are here today because you write stories, stories linked to Guildball. In fact, all the stories linked to Guildball. All the stories, all the stories. And, um, yes, it's my privilege to be able to write stories for you guys because you're an awesome audience. Um, so we're going to talk really about the uh, the Free Cities draft. Uh, yes, we are. It's going well, and also there's still time to shift the vote, isn't there? There is. So let's let's get one thing completely and totally straight in case anyone hasn't worked this out about me. I am loving this event like you would not believe. Um, this The narrative events are always kind of something which I get super involved in, purely because as much as... Yeah, obviously, I like all of our events. I like the World Championships. I, I like the various different tournaments we have. I like kind of the organized playing all the other jazz. But narrative events, as I'm sure you can imagine, given what I do, is really the thing that I always get super enthusiastic about. And uh, I love the fact that our audience, our, our gamer base, our community gets the ability to affect some of the stuff in the world as well it, it's awesome i love the fact that you guys are going to be, pick these rookies the coolest thing about the rookies of the free cities draft for example is the fact that you know our audience gets to pick where they go they're going to see them at the start of their career as these players grow up and they become you know sort of you know i mean obviously we're almost out of their first step anyway which is rookie them we then see at some point next year we're going to see them as full-fledged players yeah who knows sort of you know a year on maybe we see veteran versions of them that's yeah, you know, and then free on that maybe season versions or whatever. Yeah, you know, perhaps some of them die, perhaps some of them live. We don't know. The whole point is, is we're going to see these players grow into something else, and basically the community is the people who are the people who put them there in the first place. So I think it's really cool to be able to see that growth. Yeah, I really liked last year when we had sort of effectively two guild picks per character. I liked mm. how they they look different. Like let's bre- let's make this character brewified or masonified, and how they look different. Mm. And this is even more so, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, it's. I think the fun part of what this one was, uh, well, most sorry, the most interesting part about this is reading a lot of the stuff online because I think anybody who's been following this will happily tell you that I've been the world's biggest troll um, to everybody, uh, just traveling around kind of uh, throwing in the odd comment here or there. But the really interesting thing I've read is is kind of so many people who say, oh, yeah, well, you know, Flea was obviously designed to be a pure farmer right from the start and Cammy was always going to be the engineer one. 
we never had any of that in mind. We basically sat down with 10 players and went, okay, we need 10 players. Who are we going to do? And we had some ideas. Well, one we knew was going to be Amber, so she's obviously a brewer, but she's about the only one tied to any real guild um, in terms of who she is. And the rest of it, we kind of had nine. Well, even Amber was a bit of a blank slate there. We had sort of 10 archetypes. We went, okay, so, you know, this is this player. This is going to be this one or built for an idea around a theme, maybe, maybe their personality. We just picked up 10 generic kind of ideas that would be accessible enough for people to jump onto and kind of follow or get enthusiastic about and then said to our artist Doug okay here's some really raw briefs of who these players are make some heads and that's kind of where we got to to be honest so yeah it's gonna be really interesting seeing them turn up as different players uh, for different guilds yeah because this sort of this entire sort of um uh, event it's been sort of pure pure background there's been no rules nothing has it it's been pure sort of Mm. how they act how, how like, like look at them and everything else it's interesting to see how guilds get behind certain characters and also whether guilds are trying to sort of affect the vote and swing it away from other guilds well that's been the best part is seeing how much everyone gets involved with the shadow games like I, I think more than even more than sort of union chains and the butcher civil war people have really got into the spirit of this one kind of yeah we've seen a whole bunch of backstabbing i don't think there's a single rat catcher coach a single one of them who's actually putting any votes towards the morticians. Really? Um, it's amazing. I, don't, I, I can't <laughs> tell you that stat because they, they haven't recorded who they are, but from what I've read, they just aren't supporting the morticians, um, except those That's who, perfect. a couple of them, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas at least the falconers seem a bit more united behind the hunters. But yeah, so we've got these ideas that people are doing that. There's the union swing that's happened with the farmers, for example. There's an awful lot. And I think that's that's the spirit what we wanted to capture with this. It is the shadow games. It's really putting players, our players into the role of coaches in the Empire of the Free Cities. It's really making them kind of feel just like they're competing against their rivals. So it's super cool. Um, should we talk about this story or the characters? Yeah, we can talk. Well, actually, we're going to start off by asking you, Andrew. You must have reported some games for this thing, right? Uh, I have put in a couple of games, yes. And who have you reported your games for? Uh, I have done Lane for Morts. Oh, my boy Lane. He's my favourite. I like Lane. Um, Lane. We well, say that. It's it's kind of... I, I really have an interest... Obviously, I've, I've tried to keep completely neutral. As much as people accuse me of playing favourites and that stuff, and I've just said Lane is my favourite. Um, I, I truly, genuinely don't know where any of these players are going to go, other than I think at this stage, if Gaffer doesn't go to Blacksmiths, I will literally be amazed. Uh, as in, fall out of my chair at SteamCon, um, possibly have to be taken to A&E because I can't believe that at this point the Blacksmiths have got such a such a lead in terms of everybody else who's competing for Gaffer. I'd be amazed if he doesn't go there. Um, and I think the same is probably true for Amber into Farmers. She's got such a big swing towards her that the only way I can see Amber not going there is is if the farmers decide to you know change out and go for somebody else. Um, but the rest, it's really interesting right now because we go for those two top guilds, and then immediately below them, uh, bear in mind they've got quite a big lead. Those two, I don't think I don't think I'm really giving anybody spoilers by saying that. But when we then go to um, sort of you know th- position three downwards. There's this real rat race between pretty much every other guild, maybe bar a couple at the bottom, where all of those guilds are in this really densely packed kind of um, race, and they're all going for the same rookies. So huh. it's the, the yeah, exactly. So the best thing about yeah, they're all kind of edging up one over each other, that sort of stuff. And what's really cool is is let's say the let's say the alchemists at the top of that, right? Which I think they were last time I checked, but I don't hold me to that. It might be the butchers now. They're, those two are really super close. But if we looked at them like the alchemist kind of went for nomad early on right so that's cool but then and there's not much support merely for nomad anywhere else but they've also seen a whole bunch of results swing towards cami now now here's the thing cami is kind of the top pick of a couple of the other guilds below them if those guys go for cami then immediately you find that those other guilds below them can't have cami anymore and that switches to their second or third vote which then has a knock-on effect of some of the guilds below them and so on it's really interesting where they go really complex all of a sudden it's 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 super interesting to see it's it, it's basically the thing that i think i think i've probably been bugging jamie giblin poor jamie who's got the uh, the only guy with the stats for this thing i've been bugging him like you wouldn't believe just about every single day because reading the stats for it is so interesting um so yeah it's a shame that we probably won't ever see them um the stats um Maybe I, I don't know. It's I, it's I think it's yeah. That's my concern. It's they're really interesting if you're sort of in the heat at the moment. You're looking at it day by day, but 
I'm not sure necessarily how interesting it is if we put it into a chart going, oh, look, here's the bit where Slane spiked up, say, for example, for morticians, and then here's the bit where he kind of went down because a few more people were pointing for, you know, Edge or somebody. I think it, the gig me would love to, at the end of the event to have a big graph with all the lines going up and down like the stock market. Um, yeah, maybe. I like, I like graphs. So. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see what we can do because... We've got all this data. It would be a real shame if we can't do something interesting with it. It's just whether there's interest there. I, I, I kind of suspect that reality of that post isn't necessarily as exciting as what we're kind of thinking now. But Probably we'll not. see. We'll, see. we'll have to think about it. Um, so the story's been sort of taking some twists and turns. Um, certainly hmm. the later, uh, the later um, parts have definitely um, shown the, the, the sort of votes having an effect certainly the, the most recent part hasn't it the farmers guild yeah one thing we one thing we wanted to do right from the start was kind of build into you know go a step further than we did with union chains because obviously with union and chains we had um obviously all the votes happening anyway and we really kind of exploring how the characters got to where they were um different ideas there but um one of the things we really wanted to do with free cities draft was kind of building this idea that we'd have um kind of the player interactions what was happening in, in the real world was kind of affect what's happening in the story so the first story obviously that was written in advance well all of them were written in advance but there's something where i had purposely had sort of sections which i highlighted in yellow which have been moved around and changed around and so on so for example i think the first time we really properly saw that was certainly um the third story where where a mallet turns up at the academy to go and see cammy because at that point we just had this massive spike of popularity from the masons going with cammy so i knew someone was going to meet with cammy but the question was when i first wrote it i didn't know who would you know who'd be interested in her that sort of stuff that could very well have been shank or it could have well have been i don't know vitriol or any other number of players depending on who was had this most sort of you know the biggest popularity spike at the time and it just so happened the masons fit that in um I think there was a couple of throw, I think there was a couple of mentions in there in the second story, but I think that was purely kind of I think Champ talking about which guild she might want to go to, something along those lines. But ever since then, basically all of the stories um they've all existed, they've been edited, and then I basically make some changes um as the week goes on, um and then literally right up to the last minute. Um so that way we can accurately reflect the stats when we actually put them out. Is this draft in, in the world a new thing as well I, I yes. assume it is um, so who started this that's process? a good question ah because <laughs> presumably someone, someone you know someone started this off and put a big house up you know and yeah it's, it's yeah it's basically it's like a big converted manor where they've got it and uh, the the as I think Nomad says in this first sort of uh, chapter of this story yeah this is this is something new the time of the, the old you know the old guard is passing this is the new shadow games this is how it is now this is how it's going to be and there's this definite sense that this is a new development in the world of Guildhall. and that's again something that honor says uh when we had um when in the last chapter you guys have seen where she sort of says you know you guys are on exciting new kind of you know you're on the point you're pioneering you're brand new this is the most exciting development in Guildhall, you know in our lifetimes i'm almost jealous of you that there's that sort of sense to it so yeah It'll also be interesting to know what guilds are bad to work for because I can imagine someone getting drafted into the Masons may or may not have a better time than someone drafted into Morticians, for example. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. It's I think obviously the, the the really interesting one that keeps coming up is I've had a couple of people say, "Well, yeah, how how intro, how excited are you? How difficult is it going to be to write any of these rookies into these guilds?" Honestly, it's not that difficult at all in the sense that our first piece of epilogue will be. A variety of these different characters sort of rocking up to rookie boot, you know, to rocking up to the boot camp with their kit bag thrown over their shoulder, kind of signing up, going, Hi, let's go, sort of thing, you know. But I think there's a lot of interesting character we can inject into those ideas. I mean, for example, I can easily see Champ rocking up to kind of the, uh, rocking up to the Mason's uh, trading grounds and sort of saying to Hammer, Okay, I'm the Champ, I'm here to win this thing for oh, you, oh, and getting told exactly that place. <laughs> <laughs> so. But I mean, that's that's crucially that's the point that that's the thing that may happen. Masons are in the running for champ. Uh, it, the question there again is, well, does someone else take her away? Does she go to a butcher's? Does she go to fish? Does she go to? I think I'm going to say alchemists were pushing for her a little bit. I think there's lots of different choices there. These things move around. So I've been looking at the cameos, um, the Shank cameo. He seems like having a bad time of it right now. Yeah, cold it's murderer, it it's <laughs> cold bloody murderer. There's <laughs> lots of. I mean, the interesting thing about this is. Um, inspiration for this one from there's an old episode of star trek next generation i'm showing my age now by talking about these things oh, which one 
uh, <laughs> it's the uh, it's one of the ones I think it's in. I'm going to say it's one of the late seasons, maybe season six, where the episode is actually it shows a bunch of ensigns uh, below decks. It doesn't show kind. Of, you obviously you have like um, you have Picard and Worf and the various different members of the crew, kind of, but they're almost secondary characters for the purpose of this episode. It, it centers around this sort of small group of ensigns who are sort of starting out on their career. And it's basically it mirrors the fact that they're all sitting around at the start of it playing poker like the later officers do and so on. And it kind of shows how they interact with someone like Riker, for example. There's a guy who works on the bridge and he's, um, you know, and he's kind of like, oh, Riker's such a douchebag. Like, I can't believe, you know, it's really hard to work with him. He's so arrogant. He's so conceited, all this other stuff. When it's completely obvious, of course, he's just like a young Riker himself. But the point is, is that I kind of tapped into that. I thought that was a really interesting take that we could do with our characters here, which lets us kind of explore... It lets us kind of explore some of our lesser used characters quite a bit um, and sort of really go from there. But of course, the other thing is that a lot of what we see in the in the Free Cities draft is from Amber's perspective, which is a really non-traditional Guildball perspective. You've got to understand she's Amber is a 17 year old girl. She's not, you know, sort of a battle hardened kind of veteran like Ox. She's not a sort of Guildball veteran. She's not someone who's got any massive amount of experience of the world. Amber is a character who's very much. You know, she's just falling in love. She's just discovering the first things, you know, what life throws at you when you're that age. She's, you know, she's really getting to kind of go through this, um, you know, all this kind of emotions, all this stuff going through her life. And ultimately, she's just hanging out with her friends, having a whole bunch of fun at this sort of, you know, rookie academy. Just like that whole, you know, whether you had that at college or school or university, or whatever, a lot of our readers, I'm sure, can, a lot of your listeners can kind of uh, associate with that. Um, so that's kind of where the perspective is coming from, which dramatically shifts everything. So that's been very fun to write. It's an interesting challenge. Yeah, especially the interactions um, with Amber um, and the sort of the sort of the drug, the sort of drug issues and everything else uh, surfaced. Yeah, we've. I mean, obviously, one thing we always do with Gilboy is try to challenge people's ideas or kind of try to not skirt away from difficult subjects. And I think Lane's addiction issues are a great example of that. It's obviously one we. It's a, it's a sensitive subject, one that we handle with great true respect. Um, I read a really lovely thing that some of the guys in the in Gubs wrote um, in the Morticians uh, Guild section about our handling of it, which is really heartwarming to read, actually, um, because we tried to make it feel realistic and gritty, but at the same time, we didn't want to take liberties. We, you know, Lane's story is quite a tragic one, and we don't want to sensationalise that or kind of make it anything other than what it is. So yeah. So should we go through? Um... The characters? Do that? Yeah, sure, we can do that if okay. you'd like. So, so who did you one... vote? So we already know that Lane was your favourite. Yes. Or Lane was the guy you voted for for morticians. Yes. So we could um, start with him. Um, or do cool. we start with uh, I'll start with Amber because she's first on the list. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she's literally right here. Well, I mean, Amber's um, Amber's the character who really started this off. We kind of said we we put the seed of Amber into uh, season three, if you guys remember, uh, where she was kicked out of the Brewers Guild. And uh, we always knew we'd revisit, revisit that one. So, uh, yeah, she's she's a character who I think I was plagued by people asking, or at least one guy in particular at SteamCon for, you know, he followed me around asking about her. And I think I saw, um, yeah, I saw quite a lot of rumbling of, online about what, what might happen to Amber. And we always knew she'd be back at some point. So uh, she was a really obvious one to add in. Um, either I quite remember or... Has been sad, um, so I might sound stupid. August questioning: uh, Why should we did out the guild? Is it Subway? I uh, do you know. I'm being purposefully ambiguous with that. I'm being. Okay, kind I, of... I can't remember that whether I've read it, whether I've got it or not. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 something where I'm not really. Uh, I mean, the things we do know is that Am uh, that Amber was well. Tapper was forced to kick Amber out of the guild. Uh, he didn't really want to. Uh, but it was really a power play by Esther's. We have this idea of this triumphant Esther's kind of sort of smiling as Tapper has to do his duty and kick her out for this infringement, whatever it was. But we simply don't know what that is. And it's been deliberately left quite vague because a couple of reasons. One, because I think sometimes we, you know, less is more in some cases. But also, I think we don't necessarily need to focus on that aspect of um, Amber's kind of story, if that makes sense. The, the crucial, most important part about Amber's story is is the sort of personal growth that she goes through, this sort of coming-of-age story. It's The focus with Amber is more how she reacts to this event happening rather than sensationalism of what she does to get kicked out in the first place. Are there any characters um, that you're surprised a guild voted for? Does that make sense? I mean, did you expect like, the farmers to mm. go for her? 
No, nine's lowest. Uh, honestly, if you don't, the only one that I thought was more or less guaranteed to go to anywhere uh, was Amber's back to the Brewers. I mean, Brewers had such a strong, and I really do mean insanely strong, uh, support last year for Veteran Decimate. Um, I was, you know, I, I, I was astonished when they, well, I'm, I'm still continually astonished that they've had such a low turnout this year. Um, I, I thought that was a really obvious one that the Brewers, and they all seem to be shaping up in the lead up to the campaign exactly like that. You know, loads of kind of save Amber, you know, hashtags flying around, lots of ideas of the Brewers going, we're going to get our girl, that sort of stuff. Um, and then it just hasn't materialized. And it's really interesting that the farmers kind of latched onto Amber and said, well, she's our girl. In fact, it's really interesting to see any of you know who's gone to any of the guilds. I mean, some of them have their sort of roots. It, well, it's not surprising, for example, that the butchers immediately read uh, in Cammy's scouting report saying, "Well, you know, she doesn't want to go to the butchers," so they immediately went, "Okay, so that's where she's going to go." <laughs> um, that, that, that's not a surprise. We we kind of knew that if we baited them that way, that that would be uh, that would be a thing. No matter how much people seem to think that's going to cause us a narrative headache, there was always going to be that element to it. Um, Lane was always an interesting one because obviously we built him up to be this amazing football player with this massive, uh, with this with this massive kind of um, almost kind of uh, vulnerability to him, and I, I I was very interested to see where who picked up that. And again, it's that I, well, I guess another one of the players who sort of fell by the wayside a bit, who we saw a lot of reports about, people were getting very excited about, was Cutlass because in the run up to season four, everyone wanted a goalkeeper, and uh, now the campaign is running even before we'd started spoiling season four stuff. Everyone kind of seemed to forget about her. So she's been another one of the ones that's interesting that we've got to move on from. Where is Cutlass going to now? I'm looking down the list now for the, the most recent report. Black's uh, so um, a little bit, but I think I'll be very surprised if they don't go for Gaffer, as I said. So at the moment, it looks like she's sitting quite comfortably with the fish. And of course, the fish are in a race for Cammy. So, I mean, here's the interesting thing. If the fish rise a couple of bit more up the table, bits further up the table, or you know the way that the actual results fall that that Cammy's still available when it gets to their draft and they get Cammy, then Cutlass plummets down. Cutlass will probably be one of the very bottom players at that point. Um, so there's a story right there, isn't there? Because he's busy picking last sports, you know. Yeah, exactly. It. It's this is the really interesting thing about this event. It, that's why it's so interesting to see. We, I mean, for example, I said Nomads earlier on. Alchemist been pushing for Nomad. Say they finish in third place where they were. You know, they've been in third place for quite a long while. Um, and say so they don't go for Nomad after all. Well, no one else has really put any votes in for Nomad. So he goes from literally third pick and what's guaranteed to be an alchemist right the way down to whoever's at bottom kind of gets left of him. And the same could be true of, of, Cam, of Cutlass as well. So, um, so things mentioned Cutlass. Um, we'll look at her because she's a pirate and called Cutlass. <laughs> um, surprising. Any sort of link to other pirates in the past? Yeah, we've got, well, in this scouting report, we say that she signed up with the new tyrant. Um, so we know that as as seen um, in some of our other pieces to do with the navigators we know that there's been a new pirate who's been seen on the uh, on the seas and we know that a certain do they wear a top hat uh, they certainly wear a hat of some description yeah and <laughs> we know that something we've seen basically we've seen that the uh, the silent curse has, has been out seen out again and it's uh, been basically uh, raiding various different ports and um, pretty much um, attacking shipping, that sort of stuff, and basically Cutlass is a is a, a pirate or a uh, I think a probably Cutthroat seems a bit too strong, so we'll stick with pirate. But she's certainly a, a freebooter who signs up with these uh, this crew, and then basically realizes you know what this life isn't for me. This is really you know actually quite horrible. I don't want this life. So she subsequently left, and she's on the run as such from those groups and finds herself there. But for Cutlass, I think you should probably think of a uh, very sort of Captain Jack Sparrow-esque kind of character um, is really where our, sort of a lot of our motivations for Cutlass are. So nice pirate. Nice age. Yeah. A roguish, well, roguish, it's pi- kind of a roguish pirate rather than a... Roguish, reformed kind of pirate character, yeah. yes. And that's going to be very interesting, of course, because presumably there's going to be um, more pirate fleet stories coming soon. I, I think so. That. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, again, it's really it's where it fits in the world. I mean, obviously, this will be discussed a little bit in our seminars. But there's lots of stuff outside of the world, but one thing we always have to do with our Guildhall stories ultimately is bring them back to Guildhall itself, the game that you know the reason why these stories exist. Yeah, I guess. And pirate boats don't necessarily always tie into football. Yeah, if you've got a pirate king going around sacking ports, it's all very nice, but it seems a daft if someone went for game football around the corner. <laughs> you've got it. It's kind of a similar sort of thing, right? So, yeah, it's. 
it's not really making sense that if cannonballs are raining on the city, but everyone's still playing football, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Cutlass. Um, going on to this one because of the alphabet is Edge, Age Unknown. Well, you've you've skipped champ, but we'll forgive that. Have I? <laughs> your yeah. your website's in the wrong order. Uh, I think you'll find that you're reading it wrong. But uh, okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> I can't see your screen, so I don't know. Uh, Edge Edge is um, yeah. So Edge is interesting. She's got a backstory which we haven't revealed yet, and uh, I won't be revealing here. But Edge what? was podcast over. That's it. Oh, it's no spoilers. Worst, worst guest thing. ever. Worst. Literally worst. You've got pretend Jason, as in silent Jason, <laughs> and uh, shaking his head at me in silence. Well, I agree. Disappointed. Yeah. We are. But, um, yeah, Edge, Edge is an interesting character. She's certainly got a backstory to her, which we're hopefully going to see. Although, again, that one's going to depend on what guild she goes to, whether we can really develop that at this stage or whether that has to sort of go on the back burner and we reveal it later on. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. In terms of... Uh, well, her inspiration was we kind of liked with with uh, Edge this idea that she's kind of a punky, rebellious one. Like we see that in the various different stories, but she's also got that kind of heart of gold thing. So she's got a juxtaposition there. You've kind of got this this girl of a massive attitude, but who really is actually fiercely loyal. So um, yeah, she's quite fun. I'm scrolling to see what guild she's coming kind of going towards. He says, fantastically reading the the um, the blog oh, for the third off, time. Off of the last vote, I think. Uh, Masons had her in the mix. Morticians hunters a little bit as well. Yeah, hunters. She's hunters, masons, and morticians. But the real ones to watch there at the moment, based on the draft, is going to be the morticians and the masons uh, because they're a bit further ahead of what the hunters are. So um, we'll see. And as you said, because the way the draft works, it could very easily yeah. all drop down, couldn't it? You've got it. So, for example, again, you voted if if uh, if masons ended up with champ. I'm just picking names off my head, top of my head here. But if Masons end up with Champ, say for example, and a Mortician end up with Lane, then at that point Edge drops all the way down and ends up being picked up by Hunters. Uh, by comparison, it might be that the, uh, the Morticians pick her up early, and then subsequently, you know, Hunters have to go to their second, third, fourth choice. It, th- this is the importance of it. Getting that position up in the draft is super, super important in this event. Uh, next on the list I'm looking at um, is uh, oh we've done, we've done lane already, haven't we? We've done lane already, so we skip lane. Um, okay. uh, anything else to say about lane? I think we've hit lane quite a lot, haven't we? As, as yeah, we've, we've sort of touched him quite a lot. Um, he's um, yeah, he's my boy. But go vote lane, whoever you're playing for. Um, only vote lane if you're uh, playing for what? Otherwise, leave him alone. Um, <laughs> next, next is Cami, who I thought I thought Cami originally would have a lot of um, people wanting her to play for them because she's got guns. We well, see guns, this is per- this is this is Perkins' favorite. Uh, this is we we sat down and we had to come up with some different characters and so on. And my original draft for Cami had her as a very shy and quiet <laughs> retiring type um, who went to play mahjong with people. And then uh, Jamie and Bryce kind of didn't necessarily get on board with that one. And next thing I know, I get this message from Perkins going, "We can give her two guns." <laughs> Why? And, I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I mean. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? And he's like, because it's cool. And at that point, it just happened. Like, you know, I wasn't going to argue with him at that stage. He kind of, you know, he made a good case by telling me it was cool. And um, at that point, you know, I've got to be honest. I think he's obviously got a tremendous read on our community because you guys all seem to agree. She was interesting in the sense that she started out and she didn't really have that much support. But over the last couple of weeks, she's really picked it up. Um, Cammy, I believe, is the most popular rookie amongst all of the guilds, as in I think just about everybody's put in votes for her. And I, th- and I think she's literally the desired kind of player of, let's see, I think Masons, uh, Engineers, Alchemists. Alchemists, Butchers. I think just about the only ones who haven't put in votes for Cammy, to be honest, are the um, are Hunters and uh, Hunters, Brewers, and what's the other one? Uh, morticians. Weirdly, I think those are about the only people who haven't put in rock sorts of cami. Butchers should be allowed to have her because she hasn't got axes unless her guns fire axes. Well, so, she could have gun blades. She could have blades of you know, guns with oh, knives. Damn, she well. could, couldn't she? Damn it, now on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, engineers, I thought engineers would, would be a strong choice for them, I think. I thought, um, yeah, the engineers, the, the issue the engineers will have is they're quite low down the draft at the moment. I mean, they picked up a bit of pace, but. Less than the undercogs aren't quite as uh, well represented as anybody else. Unfortunately, weirdly, 
what's been super interesting in this draft is that the, the teams who are doing well, I, I know there was a bit of concern we had originally that, you know, the popular guilds would just end up with the first drafts. And, and actually that hasn't proved to be true whatsoever. And most, one of our most popular guilds out there is the hunters and there, they were in last until extremely recently. Um, and again, brewers who have a massive support, um, last year for example haven't got barely anything this year and so on so it's been really interesting to see that fit and again farmers aren't necessarily the most popular but somehow they are in terms of the free cities draft so it's really interesting to see these numbers bounce around and um, engineers are probably one of the teams who don't necessarily have lots of supporters so as a and unfortunately that sort of does show a little bit um but i don't know they could still still cami though i mean again it depends on how things fall i think they might end up with us so i feel really sorry for the first um rookie to go Work for engineers guild because Pindrice probably timed out and dropped the legs off. Well, this um, is the thing. There's there's a kind of a push to give Knuckles some big old metal mecha gauntlets, right? And I've kind of sat there with some of the engineer players going, "Well, you know that if that's what's going to happen, she'll just lop his arms off and turn him into Jackson." Yeah, she's combat. not a kind person. Like her, her her starting sort of story has her killing her on an apprentice to, just for reasons, <laughs> just for funsies. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it. So I mean. Maybe Knuckles will look good with giant mecha arms. They're kind of fun. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Okay, that was that was Cammy. Um okay. Um so guns are a thing in Guild Ball right now. I mean, I guess it happened for a while with, with Chaska. So we had them in the Century Wars, uh, which is described in Theron Origins, um, which is one of the relics which Chaska has still got. Uh we also have the story about Ballista having one in season one, uh, which is like a sniper rifle. Uh, it's almost like a sniper rifles um, with a larger kind of field of fire and so well, on. All the backfires and and um, yeah, kills keystones. Yeah. Um. So we have that. Uh. Who else? We've got. Uh. We've got a firearm somewhere else as well. I'm sure. I mean, also we have cannons and so on. Um. Onto galleons, that sort of stuff, and also as part of siege equipment, that sort of stuff. So gunpowder isn't completely out of there, but there is this idea with Cammy's pistols that they're not. It's very much a um like a part of nobility it's very much a dueling pistol kind of approach so these are flintlock pistols they're not kind of the sort of thing which you'd be doing any sort of rapid firing with that's cammy knuckles is the next one well we kind of touched on him i mean he's the tough ganger kid who's kind of trying to leave his past behind him and reform himself he's he's a lot of fun um I mean, he's described as being this real general giant. Like, I mean, Amber's been floored by his clothesline a couple of times where she just tried to get past him. He's just this impenetrable wall. Uh, what was interesting about Knuckles is we saw loads of Fishman players going, this is exactly who we want right at the start of the campaign, and then they never bother to vote for him. Um, but yeah, he's, I think with Knuckles and how this would certainly be reflected in the story, he's, he's very popular, but he's no one's first choice. Oh, poor lad. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously place for that. And I think the character is quite a humble one. So I'm pretty sure I can happily write Knuckles to have that kind of understanding and not be kind of, you know, and not have that much of a sympathy need to attach to him for that basis. Did you go for an even spread of positions on the pitch or not? We did. Uh, we did. There's, there's not complete. Well, this was really down to Pickens and Bryce. Uh, for my part, I came up with the characters, that sort of ideas. Um, you know, we, we came up with some archetypes between us. And I kind of wrote their rookie reports and so on. And then at that point, um, Perkins, I think, maybe Bryce as well, kind of jumped in and had different positions we attached to them. We dupe up on a couple of them. I think we've got a couple of wingers, for example, and a couple of attacking midfielders. But, um, yeah, certainly we tried to keep it quite even across the board. Um, next up we have uh, Nomad. Nomad. Ah, Nomad. So... Interesting story about Nomad. Um, Jamie Giblin loves uh, loves Nomad, as some of your listeners will be aware. And the simple reason is because originally, in our original spec, he was based off of Jamie Giblin, which is why the artwork has those brilliant piercing green eyes. <laughs> um, however, trying to ask Doug, our artist, to do anything is is a very dangerous thing. Doug is Doug is a wild man with very strange ideas, and um, he does incredible work. But sometimes. Sometimes he comes up with some very odd things, and uh, our sort of inspired by Jamie Giblin character didn't quite have the same feel when it came out the other side. But yeah, he's he's definitely there. I like Nomad. Nomad also has some interesting ties to what we now can say is the Entertainers Guild. So, so they are they. Um, I guess that guild's been around for a long time, hasn't it? Entertainers Guild. I guess it's been around for a long time, indeed. 
Well, you're going to have to come to the seminar to find out, my friend. Uh (laughs) Aha! That's a good point. Um, Okay, so um, who's he been going with? Nomad's been going for... Nomad's been super popular with the Alchemists since pretty much day one. I couldn't tell you why. There's there's no real hint of Alchemy whatsoever in his player. I wonder why why they've jumped on him. I don't know. It's interesting. It's um, interesting. obviously we had different bits in the write-up about what some of these players were like in terms of their uh, their skill sets and so on, and uh, sort of rough hints about what their play style might be. And some teams sort of immediately gravitated towards that, saying, "Well, you know, we want a tricky player who can do this or that or anything else." Um, and I guess Nomad was one where we described him as being quite tricky, quite a um, uh, quite a, a flair player on the field. And I, I guess that the Alchemist decided janky. that's what they wanted. Yeah, quite yeah. janky. And um, I mean, that seems to have switched a little bit now towards Kami. I think some of the idea is they want alchemical pistols. They want to be able to shoot people and do conditions from range, which is interesting. Yeah, because they can't do that now. Oh, wait. No, I mean, there's not anywhere <laughs> near enough of that in the alchemist. No, field. nowhere near enough of that as it is. No, definitely not. No. Um, Champ. Ah, Champ. So, I mean, Champ is... We had this real interesting debate um, in the office before the campaign launched of... You know, kind of champ is the girl who kind of pushes really hard and works so, so hard to be the best player out there. And then we have Lane, this kind of incredible natural talent, but also is not really an aspirational story in any way, sense of the, in any sense of the word. And somehow he's better than her, even though he doesn't really try so much. And is that acceptable? And is that fair? And I think that was really our main our main concern with Champ. But I think the story has borne out that actually that's not been too much to worry about at all. Like if you just look at it on paper, you'd say, well, that doesn't really make sense. But then when you actually see her play through and you kind of get this sort of ruthless sense that she has about her, she's super interesting. Uh, she definitely feels like she's got her own character. And I'm not surprised the Butchers seem to have latched onto her quite a lot. I'm less surprised that the uh, the fishermen have decided they're now going to latch onto her as well because it rivals the Butchers because some things just go on forever, right? She looks to me like she'd be good with Hammer. She does look like she'd be good with Hammer. Um, she might have to drop the attitude if she steps onto Hammer's proving grounds. That'd go um, fast. <laughs> either that or they'd be a match made in heaven, right? You've got two players who really want to work hard to win everything. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think Champy's another one where she's pretty much, I think, on the cusp of that. Um, Champy's pretty much on the cusp of that that mix in the middle I talked about where she's definitely up there The you know as to who who she goes for in fact if anything i suspect she it's her and cammy really but the first guild to take champ will dramatically change the rest of the draft uh what because she's um on a lot of lists yeah i think again i i think she again with cammy i think those two more or less are in direct competition for most of the guilds i think the only people who haven't gone for champ in a big way are the farmers and the blacksmiths i think everybody else just about oh maybe the hunters i think just about everybody else has put in votes for her it's very interesting because there's been some guilds who get a, get a um, a rookie they didn't really ask for. Well, that's that's why it sucks to be last, and that's kind of what we've been saying all along. Like I, the interesting one we had was a lot of the hunter players who decided, yeah, well, we kind of want flea. Uh, we're happy with flea and see what happens there. Well, the thing is, just because you're last doesn't mean you get flea. Like flea might not be super popular right now, when at the time of writing, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get that player as we've already seen. Like there are teams above you who will have flea in their top three somewhere else or might have flea higher popularity than, you know, another player, which is certainly true and they'll get them instead. So there really is like the last, the person in last place really doesn't have a choice. They are literally just left with whoever they get. Um, uh, Gaffer. Well, Gaffer, which is interesting one to find. He's a pundit, no less. Um, so yeah, He's. I, I like Gaffer. Gaffer's, Gaffer was a lot of fun. We had a lot of ideas about how we would do Gaffer, whether we wanted to make him a coach, you know, how that would even work as a rookie. Um, but he kind of really naturally seemed to fall into place. Uh, spoilers all over the place. Again, I've said this already. If this guy doesn't go on to become a blacksmith, a blacksmith, I'll be literally amazed. He's so. They've pushed for him so hard during this campaign, and they've got a really high standing. The only people above the blacksmiths at the time of writing of our last update, and I still believe, judging on the numbers now, uh, without looking at them, but I'll be amazed if it's changed, is the farmers. And the farmers have no votes for Gaffer at all. So I'll be very surprised if he doesn't go straight to blacksmiths. Now, the interesting part there, of course, is if you're a blacksmith player, that probably means you can start helping out some of your buddies in other teams. Or maybe you don't want to. Maybe you want to be absolutely sure you stay in second place. Why is he even involved in the draft in the first place, given how old he is? Uh, he's not super, super old. He's kind of in his 30s. But 
in in terms of gaffer, he's really he's that guy who really loves Gilball. He's travelled around the entire world, kind of watching games, watching various different championships. He's kind of um, he's been involved in the game for a very long time. He's kind of you know, helped us coaching staff. He's even played a couple of semi professional games in his youth. He's kind of you know he knows he has incredible encyclopedic knowledge of the game. Yeah, you can kind of go, you know, oh, do you remember this championship that happened, you know, three years ago or whatever? And he'll see every player on the team, who scored the goals, kind of all the takeouts, you know, what sort of how they all present, you know, how it worked, who was in the semifinals, all that sort of stuff. He's got this real knowledge and real love and first for the game. And the one thing he's never been able to do is break into the actual sport that he loves so much. So for, for Gaffer, this this the the draft is this thing where it's almost like one, it's last chance alone. It's his last chance to do it before he is literally gets those couple of years for Further on is too old, but the you know to sort of really go into it. But the other thing is, it's, it's a new entryway in because he's never had this backing of a guild, which is most of the way that most players are going to get into the game. You know, if if you look at kind of um, Boiler, for example, as another sort of apprentice-ish character. Boiler's entry point into the Butcher's Guild is that his family are from their butcher stock. So it's something where, you know, he has an entry point to get into Guild Ball by turning up to the butcher's kind of trading grounds as a butcher and learning to play as a butcher. And he can kind of go through what the team is. Gaffer doesn't have that. He has no family allegiance to any particular guild. So as a result, he doesn't know how to have that step in. He doesn't have that route to get to where the game is. As a random aside, I'm very interested to know what happens to Boiler because, you know, beginning of season one, he was kind of a plucky kid, albeit mm. a plucky kid having his first few run-ins with whole hobble violence mm. and with old brisket and stuff. I'll be interested in what happens next to him next, if you can't say, but... I'm not going to say. Yeah. But he's... I, I, Boiler is... Um, Boiler certainly sees some changes. I mean, obviously, we've seen him growing up, so he's at a very formative age of his life. But the thing we've seen with Boiler that's been super interesting is, obviously, we have this very impressionable young young kid who, in the first season, is very timid, kind of very nervous. And then, you know, next time we see him in season three, it's in the aftermath of Ox, you know, Ox uh, disappearing, of kind of Brisket, who he kind of falls onto as this big sister with this kind of difficult kind of understanding of who she fits how she fits into his life kind of a crush that sort of stuff and then we kind of have this almost thing where she rejects him as well as part of what she's going through because she's having a very tough time of it at that point and we, next time we see boiler he's turned to this really hard kind of not spiteful that's the wrong word but he's kind of just sort of really fed off of the sort of emotions and the people around him as a butcher so he's actually this much he's a very changed individual and by the point the bastard butcher comes back you know, he having seen the change in Boiler is actually a bit taken back that he's quite so ruthless as what he's become. I guess the butchers, it was probably a matter of time. They're not necessarily the nicest people in the world, no. Um, got one more left. That's okay. Flea. So Flea, Flea was always a character that I think Flea was the character I was the most nervous about going into, purely because of all of the other rookies, we had kind of, you know, we, we talked about them being, yeah, we look at Edge, right? She's super cool. She's mysterious. We look at Amber. She's the main focus of the story. We look at Knuckles, great big tough guy. I could go on for the rest of them as much as we want. Flea was that kid who was supposed to be nervous and timid and a bit, um, you know, didn't necessarily have this greatest love for the game and so on. You know, much rather wants to hang around with the animals, you know, sort of, you know, play with dogs and that sort of stuff. And we were slightly nervous that that would translate into people kind of not caring enough about him. Because he doesn't necessarily want, you know, he's not jumping out of the page as this incredible Gilball player. And I think that was kind of fair, but we always knew that we'd have this this swing at it towards him at the end in, so in I'm going to say, the sixth part of the story, which I think is what we're up to, where we knew we'd introduce Flea in a big way and suddenly make him feel like a really big deal. And the way we were going to do that was have him, um, you know, introduce, you know, he, his buddies with all of the farmers. Because that's exactly what happened. We, we He said in the original scouting report, well, he's a farmer, and his parents sent him away because he just wanted to hang out with the he wanted to hang out with the animals all the time. So then, the obvious entry point back is to have him. Well, actually, no, he's buddies of honor. He's buddies with the world champions, and that's kind of how it makes him cool. And you know what? We've seen quite a big swing back towards Flea in the results since that story. So that's interesting. He seems to have fit in there. That's interesting, actually. I mean, have you seen sort of spikes after a story? Then that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's one. It's not like crazy, crazy spike with him, but it certainly pushed up um the cami one for masons in around the third story i'd say that one just sort of carried on going if that were because as soon as the masons saw that cami was in their team suddenly there was a lot of interest there 
I think in the first couple of stories where we first saw, like if, if we looked at results that were being reported after the first week or so, we saw lots of stuff for Amber, we saw lots of stuff for Nomad, yeah, a little bit here and there, um, you know, something a little bit for Lane and some Edge stuff. And then as we started introducing into the new stories, we kind of, you know, second story on, suddenly we meet Cutlass, we meet Knuckles, um, and we kind of have an idea of what those players are doing. Suddenly those guys become a bit more of popularity and so on. Gaff is the really odd one out there because the blacksmith just went for him from go. Um, so, but yeah, for the most part, I think we've seen sort of various different spikes around about that point. It's normally actually, rather than the stories, it's normally the standings that drive the spikes because obviously we put them out and at that point kind of, oh, look, butchers, you're, you're surge ahead in terms of results and so on. And next thing we know, we get a deluge of extra butcher results because those guys are now trying super hard to get even further up the table, for example. So... I guess, yeah, I guess doing well can be a good sort of motivator, aren't it? Exactly, yeah. And that's the draft, really. So not long left. I mean, obviously, the, the keynote will be where it's all announced, I assume. Uh, um, the keynote is where it's announced. Uh, so I I couldn't tell you the exact cut-off time. I, I'm going to say it's, and this is purely me plucking a number from my head, maybe about four or five, I think, on the Saturday, purely because it gives yeah. us a little bit of time to kind of work out the numbers and work make out who's gone where, and obviously, and obviously make a presentation of it. So, yeah, 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 for sure. Because we need a little bit of time to do that and make sure we're correct. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we've got, I mean, at that point, it would have been running for six weeks, so plenty of time to get results in. So, yeah, it's still going. I, I encourage all of your listeners to jump in. It's been so much fun so far. It's been extremely, insanely popular, um, like better than we could have hoped. So, and I think ultimately it's because you guys are just really sort of riffing off the exact thing you should be, which is this is a super fun community event where you get to kind of help influence what the story is. Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of the new characters for the guilds the past couple of years, they've all been sort of fan sort of decided, haven't they? Well, a lot of them have, you know, last year and this year. Yeah, and I think that's... fan, Fan input, really. I think that's good in terms of being able to involve our community. I remember some of the older sort of community events I played in for some other game systems, you know, way back in the day before Steamforge time for me. And um, honestly, some of that stuff, it just kind of had this sense of, oh, yeah, it's a community event, but it ends up being an excuse to get people into stores to play games or you have no sense of impact that you've actually had on the world itself, whereas this has a very obvious impact straight away. And I think that's super cool. I love that we can be able to. Well, I love that we're in a position to be able to do that for our community, which is cool. Uh, brilliant. Um, so that's that's that though, really. Um, SteamCon, um, obviously, you're going to be there. <laughs> Last time I checked. Last time I checked. Um, who are you taking to SteamCon? As in, what what models? Not who you're going with. Well, I'm going to be going there with a couple hundred other people. Um, <laughs> but no, <laughs> in terms of the teams, um, your listeners can help decide. Um, I've got Order or Falconers. Um, I am exactly as you expect, a massive hipster. I can't decide which one of these two. Yeah, I can't decide which one of these two underused teams uh, is the one for me. Um, I painted my. I took my Falconers to SteamCon US after painting them the weekend before and having played barely any games of them. Um, and then my Order, of course, I've had a little bit more experience with, as people will remember. But I'm happy to go whichever. So if you go, if you want to put it out to your listeners, and I'll take whichever one of those two teams is the most highest. To webs, and we'll see. Awesome. Um, uh, but next Tuesday, I say, is the. Um... Yeah, I'll be going out to Manchester early, obviously, to help with setup and that sort of jazz. So I'll need the results from you by the end of play next Tuesday, so I can pack them. There we go. Brilliant. We will. Um, I'll have so I'll have the cutoff point next Monday. So it gives you time to actually read the results and <laughs> tell you. Yeah, um, sure. No worries at all. Just let me know. Uh, so that's Falconers or Order, you decide. You, listener. That's right, you. Oh, I see. It's a spin on the narrative campaign. We have more choices now. <laughs> um, and that's it. Um, if you want to hear Shuim talk more, he talked briefly on bonus time. Um, there'll be a trailer for that, like, now. Andrew says that if I tell you, his listeners, listener, that the Patreon costs $5 a month, he said questionably, that uh, you'll get a whole bunch of extra content and I'll get to see my wife and kids. Which would be interesting, as I wasn't aware that I'd been married, but uh, and I've, not, I've stopped drinking quite some time ago. There's a small chance I'm rambling. Singled out. That'll do. editing um and um that's it thank you very much for um coming on again it's been a while yeah it's been super fun though hopefully once good. season four 
once the season four story drops, you, I can. Uh, I'm just inviting myself back onto your show now, but it'd be super cool to How come back you. and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that. I mean, um, I'm really keen to. I'm really, really keen to um, to read that. And I think the one disappointment I had about season four of dropping was the fact that it didn't drop with the with the uh, story at the same time. It made, it made sense, of course, that was the case. Mm. Well, I was one like, of the I want story. Well, one of the interesting things is we did talk originally about that, but. And bear in mind, the Free Cities draft is effectively a season book worth of story on its own, and that story is still coming out all the time. So we didn't want to spam everything into one fit. If that yeah, makes sure. sense. And so, also, I mean, obviously, it'll, it'll drop it um, presumably around SteamCon ish. Uh, um, I'd have to talk to Jamie Giblin for the exact deployment of it, but yeah, okay. the, it'll go at ideas. some point. It'll be some point. I mean, at it's but you still remember we've got another story coming on Friday for the Free Cities draft, um, which is our final of the main story before the draft actually happens. Um, because obviously I won't be, we won't be publishing anything while we're at SteamCon. Of course And not. then of course we've got another 10 epilogues to follow after that. Um, and that's all before we then get to a stage where, okay, so we have no more content for the Free Cities draft. Now we can talk about season four. So we've got a bit of time yet. There'll still be plenty of story content coming out over the next few weeks. Brilliant. Well, that's, uh, that's good to know. So, um, thank you. Um, Sherwin, uh, follow me at single underscore out GB. Follow Sherwin at Sherwin's agenda. That's all right, Sherwin's agenda. Thank you. Um, bye. Also, thank you for oh, Jason, hello. by the way, for sitting there so quietly and nodding um, enthusiastically. <laughs> You've really been organised. I've had some kind of soundboard. I've had sort of Jason clips. but I, I, I think you can probably hear him talk, anyway. Talk, talk, talk. Quality content. Black heart, black heart, black heart. There we go. Bye. Bye.